Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Oh, I'm going to ask them to deliberate upon this. The American people are unhappy with what's going on in Washington. But tonight, there's a Tea Party tidal wave, and we're sending a message to them. Well, the Tea Party tidal wave looked to be most powerful in states that were red. In swing states, the Tea Party tidal wave was a little bit more of a, a, a tide coming in. Republicans made some gains thanks to the Tea Party in Senate races in Florida and Kentucky. Uh, the Tea Party won the governorship in South Carolina, but was it really a new mandate for Washington? Kate Zernike is with us. She's been following the Tea Party movement closely. She's the author of Boiling Mad, Inside Tea Party America, and she writes for our partner, The New York Times. And we're also with Ian Milcrest, the senior producer of KNPR's State of Nevada. He's been watching closely that squeaker of a race between Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid and Republican challenger and Tea Party favorite Sharon Engel. It's a race that uh, Harry Reid came out victorious just barely on. Good morning, Ian and Kate. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, Kate, let's go to you and, and kind of talk about what exactly this result is for the Tea Party. Two Senate races are kind of big, but is it relatively accurate that Tea Party had the, the strongest um, strongest effect in states that were red? Well, I think this is what we always knew, was the Tea Party candidates were running well in states where Republicans run well. But look, that's it. I mean, I think we have to give the Tea Party credit. Look, they... they they really sort of set the agenda for this election. They, they, they energized a huge segment of the electorate. In exit polls, four in ten voters said that they, they sort of supported the Tea Party movement. So, I mean, that's huge, 40 percent. I think, you know, I think it was the – if you think back just two years ago, Republicans were tremendously demoralized. This really this, – the Tea Party turned things around for them. Okay. Well, Ian Milkers, let me, let me go to you and, and try to figure out what, it, what we can take away from what happened in Nevada, where Sharon Angle, who I, I'm sure a year ago would never have been thought of as a real contender against Harry Reid, and he just barely got a, his victory out there. What do, we, what do we learn from that? I think two things. One is that it always helps to define your opponent in the most negative terms as soon as possible. <laughs> and second, have the best ground game around. And uh, the get-out-the-vote effort that Harry Reid put together in 2008 uh, paid off for him handsomely last night because he was able to get out all his supporters, uh, despite the fact that the polls showed that there was much more Republican enthusiasm. Well, I mean, the Democrats and the Republicans kind of put this Nevada Senate race as their their symbolic um, line in the sand, right? So, to a certain extent, is that is that a bit of a, a real victory for the Democrats in a, in a mostly Republican result? It's a huge victory for Harry Reid. I mean, I don't think even the most optimistic uh, observers thought that Reid was going to be able to get uh, you know two percent early in the evening and extend that out over the rest of the night. Uh, One of the things that did happen, though, in this race was that um, there was some really nasty racist overtones at one point, uh, anti-immigrant ads that Sharon Angle was running, and they seemed to have backfired on her. Um, The turnout of Hispanic voters yesterday was even higher than it had been in 2008, and that was a record high uh, for 
uh, the Las Vegas area and for the state as a whole. And that's obviously uh, gone uncounted by most pollsters, and that's been one of the things that put Harry Reid over the top. Well, that's an interesting takeaway, especially considering the, the ad that many people were decrying, the one asking Hispanic voters to stay home and not vote. But Kate Zernike, let me go back to you. to Something that you said a little earlier about 40% of people supporting the Tea Party, because I know we had that Washington Post poll last month uh, which said that the grassroots organization was uh, largely coordinated by major, mainly big national groups like uh, Freedom Works and uh, Americans for Prosperity. A- and then the polls showing that Americans, more Americans than not, are actually turned off by the Tea Party, and many people view the movement as extreme. So how do we view the sort of mandate uh, of the Tea Party and wh- how, what kind of change they are bringing? Well, look, I think the Tea Party has always been, or not has always been, but became, polls have pretty consistently said, I don't know about the Washington Post poll, but the New York Times poll last week, or or this, uh, sorry, October, said that 27% of voters supported the Tea Party. That's been pretty consistent for several months now. So, but I think the Tea Party has always been, you know, or or has become kind of more state of mind. It's more people who are frustrated. It's more people saying, you know, we need to, we need need to change something. You know, government is doing too much. We're spending too much. So I don't think we should, we should necessarily say that, you know, because a local Tea Party group, uh, you know, didn't, uh, because it wasn't someone who came straight from the Tea Party movement. I think there are other ways to be a Tea Party candidate, namely to be supported by a lot of these, a lot of these grassroots organizations, and also just to be supported by the way the Tea Party has brought the Republicans back and and sort of, as I said, changed the agenda. But Kate, you know, it's even bigger, it seems to me, than that, uh, and I love the way you describe it, the Tea Party is sort of a state of mind. It means that Obama has really abdicated and dropped the ball on the whole mentality of change in the United States. It's been ceded to this Tea Party movement. It no longer resides in the Barack Obama zone, it seems to me. No, that's absolutely true. Look, I think that the big question, though, is what happens in two years. We're now seeing this sort of, I mean, it, yes, the ball is, is no longer his, but it's, it's, it's been sort of a jump ball for several years, two, 2006, 2008. Again, the Democrats had, had victories, but I think it's going back and forth very quickly. Well, Ian Milchrist, let me ask you about what what is the state of Nevada at this point? Are we getting sort of a headline coming out of there with, with people absorbing the results of the elections now? Well, the headline is that uh, Republicans won most of the races they were expected to win, and the Harry Reid-Sharon Angle race was the only one they did not win. So Reid ran way ahead of uh, where other Democrats were last night. All right, so uh, Harry Reid kind of bucking the trend there in Nevada. Ian Milchrist is the senior producer of KNPR's State of Nevada. Kate Zernicke, writer for our partner of the New York Times and author of Boiling Mad Inside Tea Party America. We are following election results all morning long. And is this a national referendum? What do you think? If it's all politics are local, tell us what your local headline is. What is your takeaway from the election results? Let us know at 8778 take, or you can always post a comment at thetakeaway.org.